Hey there, welcome to The Green Room, a regular podcast where we put news and culture under a two-lane lens. I'm Ryan Rivette, and I'll be your host this week. So, until a couple months ago, what I'm about to do would have been deemed incredibly foolish. It would be a one-way ticket to a lawsuit. Seriously. So, check it out. Here goes. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Patty. Happy birthday to you. Yep, that's it. Until September of this year, playing happy birthday on the radio, on TV, or on the internet without paying for it was almost guaranteed to get someone sued. In fact, have you ever noticed that the waitstaff at your favorite chain restaurant doesn't sing happy birthday? That's not a mistake. If you sang it in your house, that would be okay, right? If you sang it at a restaurant, public space, not so much, right? That's Elizabeth Townsend Guard. She's a professor at the Tulane School of Law, and her expertise is copyright law. She's going to talk us through the story of what is arguably the most famous song in the world, and the legal case that decided that the owner of the song, Warner Chapel Music, was improperly collecting royalties for decades to the tune of a couple million dollars a year. Yep, you heard that right. An estimated two million dollars a year for Happy Birthday. Here she is again with a little bit of the backstory before we jump into the lawsuit. The song was written by um, two sisters, and they were pretty litigious. So when it started getting used in the 1930s, they were suing for royalties then. So it's always had a reputation of being carefully protected, and you have to pay royalties and all that. It always had that in the history. So the melody, we know the history of the melody, um, and we know this in the public domain. And it goes back a long way. So in 1893, Mildred Hill and Patty Hill wrote Good Morning to All and that was for kindergartners, and it's for them to learn sort of how to sing, and it was a simple melody. So I think Mildred writes the music, and Patty writes the lyrics. And they work together, and there's well-documented how they work, and they try something out, and then they bring it to school. That was registered. That, that song, Good Morning to All, was registered. And what, the way it worked with copy, you didn't have to register your works, but to get certain protection, you did. So they registered the works like they were supposed to, and then they renewed it. And the way copyright law worked under the 1909 Act, the previous Act, is you got 28 years as long as you did everything right, and then you could renew it for another 28 years. And so they did that. Since 1988, Warner Chapel has owned the rights to the ubiquitous eight-note song, and they have protected that copyright aggressively, requiring fees ranging into the six figures. This year, two filmmakers making a documentary about the song's origin filed a lawsuit after the publisher charged them $1,500 to use the song. The case hinged on a few things. Townsend Guard has more on that. And so, according to the court case and everyone else, the Good Morning music expired in 1949. So, the case is not about the, 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 the song, the, you know, the, the music part of it. It's really about the lyrics. It's really not clear that Patty wrote the lyrics. Like, they don't register the lyrics. Sometimes they have all kind, there's all kinds of evidence that's kind of mercurial, kind of strange, so we don't really know if she really wrote it. So that's the first problem. Second problem is we don't know what date to identify when the publication happened. The court does, kind of doesn't do much on that. And then they spend a lot of time, a lot of time, looking at whether the sisters, if they did write it, transferred it to a particular publisher, and if that publisher got it, then the, it potentially the registration record may or may not hold, but again, the evidence doesn't look like it covers the lyrics. It looks like it only covers the music. 
Um, but the court really comes down on these two facts. We don't know who wrote it exactly, and the transfer doesn't look like it was a proper transfer. So it's a chain of title. So if they don't if they don't hold the copyright, then in the lyrics, they can't transfer it to the current owners. So after the decision came down, the media widely reported that Happy Birthday was now public domain. Not so fast. That's not what the court case says. Um, it wasn't decided that it was in the public domain. It was decided that the people who hold the copyright to it don't have the right to charge for it. 1935 copyright, we see that there's an author, author listed, but it's not Patty. It's some other guy, and it's for the music. So the, the, the registration record they're trying to depend on doesn't look like it was for the lyrics. So that's one question. If it was, they properly renewed it, it would still be under copyright. It's just the registration record that, that everyone's always been depending on has now by this district court said that that's not the right record. So that record isn't, it isn't covering the lyrics, we don't know who the authors are, and even if it is, there wasn't a proper transfer of the lyrics to um, the owner at the time. And we have all evidence in here that Happy Birthday to You is in 1901 and 1922. There's lots of different suggestions that it was before that 1935 date. So, but the court doesn't rule on that, which is fairly interesting. It doesn't say Happy Birthday to You is in the public domain because it was before 1923. It says Happy Birthday to You, we do not know who the author is, so we don't know if there's a proper transfer and there's no record that there was, even if that was the author, if there's a proper transfer. So they're just saying that that the current owner doesn't have the authority to ask people for money, right, and require people to pay. It's really, really fascinating. While one court has ruled that Warner is not the owner, Townsend Guard says that it's most likely to come up on appeal. And once it does, there are other questions that could come up, namely dealing with the whens and whos associated with the lyrics. We know it's already in movies by early 1930s. It's in a book in 1922. So even if it's the 1922 book as the date, I mean, it's public domain. You can't, you can't find copyright on it. The real silly question is, was it authorized? So one peop some people say, well, what if none of the publications ever were authorized by the owner? Then it's still unpublished. That's the big, you know, if you could find the actual owner. And that would mean that it was protected until potentially 2047. Mm -hmm. That weird anonymous owner from around the turn of the century that may or may not have authorized it. That's what we're looking for. So, you know, it might turn up, um, but I would be, you know. I think they'll settle. Mm -hmm. I think that they'll settle. This is my, this is my guess, and I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm just guessing. But I would guess that they will settle, that they won't claim copyright anymore and if they drop the class action returning of the fees. And it will be really hard for the plaintiff to say yes to that because they want a huge victory. They want to be able to have that money, you know, pictures of people. It's a document, documentary group, so they want the good, a good money shot. Uh, I imagine, I don't know them. But I would imagine that at some point that will be the, the thing of like, you know, we won't pay anything back, but we will be done. That's the story of Happy Birthday. So yeah, so I like that everyone thinks it's in the public domain. I think that's funny because um, the court wasn't willing to go that far. So we'll see what happens.
Thanks, Professor. We will be paying close attention to see if Chili serenades people with the real Happy Birthday song and not their own version of it, and whether For He's a Jolly Good Fellow will be replaced on TV shows. Well, that's our show. Special thanks to my co-workers for that rousing version of Happy Birthday you heard earlier. I forced them to sing it this morning, and I promise not to give you up if the Warner Chapel attorneys come calling. If you like this podcast, subscribe to us on either SoundCloud or iTunes, and you can check out all the ones we have in the past and the future stuff that we have coming up. If you have any questions or comments, don't be afraid to send them to us at newwave at tulane.edu. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time in the green room.